cool. Like we, we do have more representation because it's like, yeah, you know, seeing it on TV is one thing, but actually having to work with another person who also shares similar backgrounds as you, it, it definitely like makes it a little bit easier in terms of like, you know, having to work and, you know, you know, produce things. Welcome, everyone, to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising Black, Indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Ray Mendoza-Landa, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamura-Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Jennifer Zavala-Perez. She is a Hispanic Latina and working as an assistant production manager at Warner Brothers Animation. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself? Thanks, Yuki. Yeah, so as you mentioned, my name is Jennifer Savala Perez, and I am an assistant production manager on for, for Warner Brothers Animation. Um, I'm currently on an announced project that I cannot talk about, but I have worked previously with Ray on Wings of Fire, as well as working on Harley Quinn and Muppet Babies for Disney Junior. Oh. Wow, what a cool, spread. Cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have a range from working, you know, with children's programming up to adult comedy so there's that range (laughs) (laughs) big range yeah can't wait to get into it but before we do the way we like to start off on straight ahead is by playing a little game called in between we're gonna give you two similar choices and then you have to choose in between the two of them and let us know why ready for it are you (laughs) are you ready (laughs) i want i hope so doesn't seem so bad. <laughs> I'll start us off with the first question. Would you rather be a spirit detective like Yusuke from Yu Hakusho or a soul reaper like Ichigo from Bleach? Oh, man. That is a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to be a soul reaper from Bleach. Okay. Oh, wow. Only because... I don't, it's it's one of those things where, okay, so like the mortals, they can't see you unless mm-hmm. you're basically dead. So I would mm-hmm. be that jerk that would have fun with everybody else and just start like, it'll start off small, like slightly moving things on the shelf and then just troll everybody. <laughs> they probably get so mad at me, they kick me out. They'd be like, okay, no, you're dead. You're too much. I was going to say, you're like, it's not necessarily using your powers for evil, but like frivolous prey. <laughs> exactly. Both options are so good, but like, I see the opportunity for the trolling, and I kind of want to take that route. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh, that- <laughs> oh my what about God. you, Yuki? What, what would you go with? Oh, uh, maybe... Oh, that's hard because, Is like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, being a spirit detective sounds fun because, like, oh, you're actually like going out and solving, uh, well, not like mysteries, but like, you know, doing whatever, uh, King, mm-hmm. I forgot his name, King Baby, whatever he needs, Boss Baby, <laughs> <laughs> whatever baby. he needs done, going out and doing that as opposed to, like, I don't know, being a soul reaper, you get a cool sword. And if you, you get powerful enough, right, your bankai, then the sword becomes something else. Yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. Every sword is different, too. That's the thing. Yeah. That is, that is pretty cool. And then you'd be part of, like, this, the, the Soul Reaper Society, right? 
Unless you're me, then you probably get kicked out for trolling too much. For trolling people. <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to be reaping souls, not troll them. Yeah, I'll I'll go for a soul reaper. This is honestly this is tough. I keep going back and forth with right? it. I I feel like I feel like I probably would have made a more informed decision if I actually watched more Bleach. I just Bleach is something I actually just never got into. Oh, okay. But I remember okay. watching Yu Yu Hakusho growing up, and I think I would I would think I would want to be a spirit detective. I think okay. I think I would have a greater sense of purpose trying to figure out like yeah whatever King Boss Baby sends me <laughs> off to Boss, do. King Boss <laughs> Baby. I can't remember. I think it starts with a Y. I think I think it I think it is a I think it is a B. I remember looking it up quickly on Wikipedia when I was coming up with these questions. Okay. I think it's like like I want to say Baba, but that's Dragon Ball Z. No, uh, that's not it. Babu. Oh, is it King Babu? <laughs> King Boss Baby. We know who it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you would you would go spirit detective. Yeah, I think I would just have a greater sense of purpose. Uh, oh, okay. you know, trying to. Trying to solve yeah. things, I feel like, especially like, I also feel like I'm able to wear my own drip. I don't think like mm. I don't have to wear the Soul Reaper stuff. True. And okay. for the looks of it, if because again, it's been a while since I've seen Yukaku show. Like, uh, I can bring some of my friends with me. Like, I can bring my own cool bara and like have them <laughs> have them help me out. So maybe I'll like recruit Yuki and Uli. <laughs> oh, okay. And the wifey. Got you. Okay, that would be yeah. That that's a good point. I do think this is a question where I like. Depending on the day, I'll be like one or the other. It's real mm-hmm. close. Yeah, yeah, no, it it is. Yeah, these questions are really hard. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's even tough for us sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All right, great. Next question: <laughs> Which pseudo married couple would you rather live with, Timon and Pumbaa from The Lion King, or Jumba and Pleakley from Lilo and Stitch? Oh man. I would want to say, I would want to say from Lilo and Stitch only because Timon and Pumbaa, as much as I love the movie Lion King, mm-hmm. they're, they're too much bros. I already live with my bros and I know what that's like. And I just think of, oh, mess and no responsibility. No, I must stay away from that. <laughs> At least with the other two. They sound like an old married couple, which it's fine. I could do mm-hmm. with that. That I'd rather live with. Because <laughs> I feel like they would be more clean and organized as a married couple compared to the other. So. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would definitely go the same route. I think I love... Oh, Tawana okay. Pupa are great, but I love Jumbo and Pleakley. That I think their relationship yeah. is so funny. And I love how Pleakley feels very pretty. Um, how he feels very pretty his dresses and wigs and stuff and just like I just think they'd be a fun time to like hang out with and like live with exactly we love a cross-dresser yeah I I feel like Jumbo's your typical kind of like uh you know fun dad that likes to make like bad jokes and then Pleakley is like you know just the 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 soccer supportive mom that wants to like be there for you yeah no I love that I mean I would I'd probably also go with Jumbo and Pleakley but also mostly because I always think about the little hover cars he made for Lilo and Stitch. Oh yeah! Uh, at the end of the yeah. movie, when they're like, "Check out all of our <laughs> things that we have done." Afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, he makes them like little hover cars, like zooming around. And I'm like, "Oh man, I would love a Jumba like invention. That would be so good." <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't, you wouldn't be able to get that with Jumba. They yeah. seem like no, great yeah. guys. Again. Too bro for me. 
I'd rather go with the hover cars and the support of Ant. Like, she gives me Auntie vibes. Definitely oh, for sure for Pleakley. Sure mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I could deal with the support of Ant. Yeah. And we, and we love a cross-dresser too, so. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like the only thing you would get from Timon and Pumbaa is that any, any pool of water that you're in with Pumbaa becomes a jacuzzi. But no, once he leaves, it's gone. That's not a perk oh, to you. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> You'd be e- living the easy life, just in the jungle, doing nothing. Yeah. Doing nothing. <laughs> Which, that sounds great, but I, I need any peeps, any people, mm-hmm. any social interaction. So I think I'm here. I think I'm good here. Well, I thank so much for playing with us in between and to our audience. If you have any suggestions for future in between questions, send us a message either on Twitter and Instagram at straightaheadap or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. Without further ado, let's kind of jump into this. Could you tell us what is the role of an assistant production manager in animation? Oh, man. So. How can I best describe it? So an assistant production manager, I mean, the name itself, you think of the assistant to the production manager. And mm-hmm. depending on the studio that you work for, it's basically a ter- another term for pretty much coordinator. Okay. Mm. So I'm technically a coordinator um, if I were to go any other, you know, work for any other studio. And for Warner Brothers, I am the assistant production manager so i help out on the daily you know task of production where like the little like the little gnomes in the background working the little machines making sure all the arts (laughs) all designs and all things just get moved to the necessary people and Mm -hmm. you know we while you artists are you know doing your own like assignments and stuff whatever you finish we take it we ship it off to whoever needs to look at it and then bring it back if there's any like additional like notes, tweaks and all that stuff. And then once it's finalized, you know, we send it off to the appropriate people. So it's a lot of back and forth and smaller productions. You play many hats in terms of like mm. the type of work that you do in bigger productions. You're designated in like specific departments. So for me on my current project, I'm part of story. So I work with storyboard artists. I you know, have them present their stuff. Once they're done, I ship it to where it needs to go, mm-hmm. um, whether it be to edit overseas or whoever needs the, the appropriate eyes to look at it. That's basically what I do. Got it. So you don't have production coordinator on your team at all? Or because you your role is the production coordinator? Yeah, so my role okay. is the production coordinator. It just Warner Brothers likes to use the term assistant production manager interesting mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's it's one of those weird things where I, I have found out in my little three years of being in the industry because i just thought oh pa a production assistant production coordinator and then you just branch off into all these other things and they're like mm-hmm. oh yeah production manager i'm like what is that mm-hmm. and so <laughs> it's a fancy term for coordinator <laughs> <laughs> So how did you first break into the animation industry? That's a really good question. Since my di- my background is a little bit different, for most uh, people that take advantage of like their art programs, they're able to, you know, take internships and, you know, go to all these networking, social gatherings and stuff pre-COVID. 
And so <laughs> for me, I didn't really take advantage of that. I didn't really have much of an opportunity to be able to do an internship at all, which is something that I really wish I would have done. But during the time when I had transferred, I was basically having to not, not only did I move on my own for the first time away from my family, it, it was one of those things where I had to basically, you know, work for paying my bills and making sure I support myself, you know, while going mm-hmm. to school. So it was very mm-hmm. difficult for me to have, you know, the opportunity to be able to go to like mentorships, internships and those type of programs because it just didn't work with my work schedule. I was, mind you, I was working mm-hmm. part time at a little retail shop. So it, it was more like I had to work in order to serve, in order to survive, in order to eat. Mm-hmm. So when it came to breaking into the industry, I knew I kind of was a little bit at a disadvantage. And so after I had graduated, you know, the first two years, I put in applications everywhere. I couldn't, never heard back from anybody. And some places, you know, they were like, oh, well, you know, we would like a little bit of experience. And I'm like, I would like experience. Just give me the opportunity. <laughs> the catch 22. <laughs> yeah. And so there was mm-hmm. that. And for me, it wasn't until I, I got lucky with one of my friends. She had known someone who was looking for a production assistant role. So she had asked me like, hey, like, I know you've been looking. It's been a while already. So do you just want to take this, you know, this job? And I was like, yes, like, don't even have to ask me. Just here's my resume. Here's all my info. But just go for it. And Mm -hmm. from there, you know, they interviewed me Um, at the time I was working at Panda and Express. And oh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, it was like, oh, so like, what's your experience? And, you know, I told them my group projects, basically kind of like having to, you know, present myself as like, hey, like, I know what it's like to work in a team. I work in a team because at the time I was a shift lead. So I did have to manage people. So I felt mm-hmm. like that, like, was able to help me a little bit in terms of like, oh, OK, so that's a funny comparison. But, you know, it. Technically, you're right. And so mm-hmm. after, mm-hmm. Well, I think it was like about a week, they, you know, they took their chance with me. So like, yeah, we want you to join us. And that was when I interviewed for Muppet Babies. And uh, the rest is history. So from there, I had my time at Muppet Babies as a production assistant. And then from there, I became assistant production manager. I want to say maybe like about like a year and a half when... I got the opportunity to move on to Warner Brothers. Wow. It's exciting. So yeah, so how long was it from like graduation to Muppet Babies where you like trying to break in? It was two years. I had put in applications for two years. Like I said, it was, I didn't, I didn't go to any programs. I didn't, I didn't do any internships. I was just going to, you know, Cal State Northridge and just working, working while trying to support myself going to school so i graduated you know with my bachelor of arts uh emphasis in animation so it, it was you know i had i had worked under professors that you know worked within the that still work within the industry so you know they were giving like the the typical advice of what you know what they expect which was great i just think it was because i didn't you know do any internships i felt like that was where i kind of had a little bit of a disadvantage but I was mm-hmm. able to like just break into like the production side of things and be able to go yeah. in through that route. 
it's amazing that you you kept persistent and like yeah sometimes it takes a while for somebody to break in but once you're in it's you kind of well you're you're in you know yeah like if if you're if you're somebody that's great to work with and people love working with you finding the next job kind of becomes a little easier mm-hmm. uh, but one of the things i kind of want to ask is that what was something that you kind of learned that you weren't maybe not aware of when you first started working on your first production job on the Muppet Babies Adventures at Oddbot? Yeah, so one of the things that I definitely learned that I feel like people or teachers don't really tell you enough is the type of work environment that, you, that you're in. Because animation is technically part of the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. There, mm-hmm. There's a lot of factors where, you know, you, some productions, they're great. They're set up to where it's very organized. You know, you, it's flowing in like point A to point B. Well, like a well-oiled machine. There's some productions that are just crazy and there's a lack of organization there. And mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. difficult, you know, to work in those because it's like, well, if there's a lack of organization, things slip through the cracks. Things are not being presented. And then, of course, it puts the production behind. And that alone puts enough stress on the people that work on on the, on the production. So for me, one of the things that I learned was treat people with respect, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know mm-hmm. people's stories. For me, I got lucky being my first production, you know, job. And even though I was a little PA, you know, it's like I'm just in the background. I really don't get much, you know much voice as I would I would mm-hmm. think it was a very warm and welcoming team I feel like I got very lucky with that people because mm-hmm. people had experience they knew they've they've worked on productions where they've seen things and they're just like you know what we all know how it is let's just love each other and put out a great show yeah <laughs> it's definitely like a great overall experience I felt like I was a little bit spoiled when I had to leave and I was like where am I going to find this again? <laughs> but mm-hmm. also, it's like at school, depending on the art program, you know, they try to teach you overall, like, like the generalization of like what you can do within animation. I feel mm-hmm. like production doesn't really get a whole lot of, you know, like light shined on it because there's yeah. many factors that go into production, not just like, character design background design like there's like the stuff has to go somewhere so i felt like that Mm. to me that's the interesting side of animation is just like having to interact once you're like in the process of like you know sending content or sending you know designs over it's like i've had the opportunity to interact with people overseas and you know talk to them and go you know talk to you know executives get their input and feedback on certain things that needed to be looked at so it, mm-hmm. it's definitely something different that I've learned on my job that I didn't really like knew when I was in, going into school. No, it's very much true. I think I think oftentimes the production side of animation never really gets a light shined on it because oftentimes maybe a lot of people's first experience with it is when like they're still trying to break in on the art side, but they um, break into, you know, the Cartoon Network of Nickelodeon's production, like intern, that's like that's the time they get to learn about the production, learns about the ins and outs, but they're still trying to transition into that art role. But I really feel like it is kind of a shame that you don't get to learn more about production while in school because it is it is such an important part. And oftentimes we know how to make the art, but we don't know how the best way to kind of structure our own pipeline to like 
uh, create something because I think that's sometimes one of the little hurdles when you're in schools, when you make a short film with friends or do a short film is setting up your pipeline and saying like, what's, well, what's the best way to like, you know, finish this product and the amount of time that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard because like you will often have, you know, most of your class will be like a bunch of artists who want to pursue art in their career, but like not a whole lot of people interested in production Every once in a while, you'll get those like golden nuggets of people who are like, oh, yeah, I love production. And that's actually what I want to do. And it, you're like, OK, please be on my project, because like <laughs> it it really does suck to kind of want to be an artist and then be uh, kind of shoehorned into a production role because like, you know, somebody has to do it. But I wish there was like more of an emphasis on like, yeah, the value of production, how uh, a production can work because everywhere it's different. Mm-hmm. For example, mm-hmm. assistant production manager being the same as a PC, um, and like how that that's different from like doing a student project to doing a pipeline at a company, which is like a way bigger production. Oh yeah, totally. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I've also like learned as well is like you being in production, you see all all sorts of you know things within the actual like production that you're on. So if you're if you're someone who's like very like well rounded and you just you know you're interested in seeing like okay well it's like yeah I want to be an artist but where does where did where did where do I go from here as well like you know what what are uh, what are mm-hmm. other departments doing in order to be able to bring this you know stuff you know on the mm-hmm. screen for people to see and so I, yeah. I feel for sure like. And I'm always a supporter of like the arts and everything. Um, I, I feel like every every school that offers an art program, like definitely it's great. I just noticed that wherever I've been, it's like the art department is like the last thing on everybody's list in terms of like, you know, like how much computers, how much tech can we have, you know, like in terms of mm-hmm. programs. Because I know mm-hmm. when I was going to school, it was like we were working on flash animation back when it was called adobe flash now it's adobe animate and (laughs) now a lot of the studios are doing toon boom which i've heard of it but Mm -hmm. you know i didn't really have the opportunity to to learn the actual program Mm -hmm. and so I, i feel like that's definitely also an important discussion in terms of like you know universities and schools that offer art programs especially animation like they they need more more funding just so that, that way, you know, they could be able to help their students, you know, you know, get into the industry because it could be really tough. So for you, one of the things that I also want to ask is how is that transition from your first job to the next? Not only transitioning from being a production assistant to a assistant production manager, but also transitioning from a kid's show like The Muppet Babies to an adult series like Harley Quinn. That must have been a a jump on both fronts. Oh yeah, it was it was a very interesting time. It was one Muppet Baby is my first ever production opportunity, my first job within the animation industry. We were wrapping up, and I remember like telling myself like, okay, this is what you're prepared for. You know, every production has to come to an end. It's time for you to look mm-hmm. for another job, and I was just putting in applications everywhere. Some people, you know, some people replied, got a couple of, inter- like one or two interviews, didn't hear back. Some people just didn't care. And so when I got this opportunity, it was definitely an interesting transition only for the fact that 
One, I was messaging one of my professors because after I had graduated, um, we had still kept in touch. Great guy. Totally respect him, especially because he's the one that is like, oh, we talk about work ethics. He's all about work ethics. And, you know, treat people with respect. Also, you know, don't marry into your art. You know, there's going to be notes like he, he knew what was up because he's been in the industry for so long. And so mm-hmm. we we became, you know, good friends after I had graduated. So we kept in touch every now and then. So when he had reached out to me, it was like, hey, like, how are you doing? Like, how's everything on your show? And I told them, you know, hey, like, I'm sadly like my show's coming into an end. And I'm just currently working, looking for like another gig. He had already moved from Disney over to Warner Brothers because this was during the time that mm-hmm. they had the layoffs over at Disney. And so sadly, he was one of the people go and so he was able to get into warner brothers and so he's like well let me see what i can do and then from there my line producer on the show actually reached out to me and he's like hey i had heard you were interested in helping us i do need production people on our side mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when i saw the little hq pop up i was like is that harley quinn because mind you i have seen oh. the show i love the show uh-huh. one of my favorites it's a good show it's a really good show so when i saw that i yeah. was like this cannot be and so uh he had interviewed me and he's like yeah like we're looking for someone on harley quinn and i'm like you know like calm composed like you know in an interview <laughs> in my mind i'm just like freaking out like oh my god yes <laughs> like i want to be part of this you know because i always had like a list of goals of shows that like i would love to be a mm. part of and so for me, like having to see a show that I really do thoroughly enjoy and then having an interview to be part of, it, I was like, oh, heck yeah, like I need to get it together, go in and, you know, come out strong. And so he had interviewed me and, you know, I appreciate my line producer being honest with me. And he's like, yeah, like just letting you know, it is a little bit, you know, tough only for the fact that like your background is 3D. This is a 2D show. So it is very different in terms of like, you know, mm-hmm. pipelines. And of course, as well as, you know, it's a kid's show versus adult comedy. And I'm just like, yeah, like I totally, I understand. But I'm, I'm like a sponge. I like to, I like to learn. I like to absorb knowledge. I love learning new things. So I was like, just, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like trying to convince him, like, please take a chance on me. Like, I want to be part of something cool (laughs) and so after like the first like you know interview and then second interview i was like okay maybe they're like they're not gonna take a chance on me just because you know i'm still technically i'm a product like production assistant that's all of my experience was just just Mm -hmm. being a little production assistant and that's when he had reached out to me he's like okay cool we want you come on board and i'm like really sure (laughs) <laughs> and i pull my leg here and he's like no yeah we totally want you to join us and i'm like heck yeah so of course i like yeah. scream with excitement because it was like i told all my friends i was like i'm on harley quinn because you know it was already announced so it was just like great and so yeah it, he was not joking when he said it was different because it's you know 2d compared to 3d i feel mm-hmm. like 3d yes it, i feel like it has a lot more steps into it because you're going from a 2d design to 3d and then you have to see what that looks like and in terms of like you know shading and you know does the model look right does it colored correctly Mm. whereas 2d it's just it's still it's just all flat still 
but mm-hmm. the schedule with them was definitely a lot different just because I was used to a more spaced out schedule. Theirs was more like kind of like condensed. And so for uh-huh. me, that was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going in and we're just, it's just go, 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 go. And so that was something that it took me by surprise when I initially started. And, you know, something that I had to learn very quickly and learn how to, you know, pick up. Um, Because otherwise, it's very easy to fall behind on, you know, on deadlines, especially when you Mm -hmm. have to like ship stuff to overseas. Mm -hmm. Because Harlequin is kind of comedy, but it's still like an action show. I feel like action shows always tend to be like on a tighter deadline, which kind of sucks, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like they should have a bit more, bit more time. But yeah, that's that story and that journey is so crazy to me. And I'm glad that they decided to take a chance on you because I have honestly loved working with you even though it was only a short period i enjoyed my time that we got a chance to work together and i guess that kind of brings me to kind of like my next question is that we worked together on wings of fire that was sadly canceled by netflix Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, i know tears tears. (laughs) yeah rolling down my face how did you feel when you first like heard the news and then what was like the process for you on the production side, trying to like find your next job. Cause I kind of know how it was for me on the art side where, you know, Warner Brothers trying to do their best to kind of keep as much of the artists at Warner Brothers as possible. How was it like on the production aspect? Well, funny you mentioned that because I remember initially when I heard it, I obviously was, I was heartbroken. Mind you, like we're working remotely. I have my camera off like 90 90- five percent of the time so it was like when i had saw the email like oh hey we're doing an all crew meeting i'm like oh let me you know put on my face and so i was put on my makeup mm-hmm. before i jumped on the call and as i'm about to turn on my camera they're like oh yeah so netflix decided to back out i'm like oh well i'm gonna keep my camera off and no. mind oh, you i teared God. up i was like crying because it was just like no like what's gonna happen to everyone my concern was mostly with mm-hmm. everyone Like, I Mm. was the last priority on my own list. So, I I started freaking out because I was like, well, where's everyone going to go? Like, like, what are we Mm going to do? Because it was like, I had already went through the stress of looking for another job and then having Mm -hmm. to to think about, oh, crap, I have to do that all over again. Because as much as they tell you, like, yeah, it's kind of, you know, you know, productions end and you're going to have to constantly continue to apply for other places. It still Mm -hmm. doesn't prepare you enough to when you actually have to do it. Yes. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And so I had heard also like, you know, stories from like other colleagues, like, yeah, I've been on productions that, you know, never see the light of day because, you know, the studio that we're working for decided, you know what, we're canceling it. We're chopping it. We're, we're no longer going to do it. And so I had already knew that going in, but as I said, like, it still doesn't prepare you for what, for when it actually happened. So initially it mm-hmm. was, it was like, you know, horrible feeling, you know, you feel sad. And when I was told, okay, well, don't worry, we're going to move you to another production. Again, my thought was like, okay, like I'm good, but what about everybody else? Cause I know it's different for artists. And that was my, mm-hmm. my biggest concern was what, is going to happen to the artist I'm working with because the crew that we were on was great. Like we had a lot of great people. The energy was awesome. People were very, very sweet. It was a lot of fun. And so it made me really sad because 
it was just like, okay, well, I'm, I may be okay, but like, what's going to happen to everybody else? And so that's when we just started, like, you know, we started asking everyone to upload their stuff. So that way we can like showboat you to everybody else and be like, hi, look, we have talented people. Please take them, <laughs> adopt them to your production homes, please. So it was a, it was a lot of like behind the scenes, like stress just being, cause we, we wanted to keep everybody as much as we would love to. But at the end of the day, mm -hmm. I know some people had left and that is their own decision. But yeah, it, it was, it was definitely a tough time. Yeah. I was at a wedding the night before. So I, I requested that Monday as a day off just so I can like, you know, be out late and just like sleep in that day. And I literally wake up like one in the afternoon. So I, I missed the call. Yeah, I, I did. Cause it wasn't on my calendar. It, it popped up on my calendar once I woke up and my friend Charlotte, it was her first day on the job on the art side day one and she was in the call where it's like got the news that like oh netflix backed out for canceling the show and she messages me and she's like oh hey uh did you were you in the meeting i was like no what meeting it's like our show got canceled i was like <sighs> and i just i was just uh. saying like in disbelief and like like I never gotten out of bed faster in my life. And like I put on some pants, I put on a quick shirt. I'm like running to my little office. And the second I turn on the computer, like my my episodic director Jess is putting her borders on a call because I don't think I think the call came up so last second too that yeah. not everybody got a chance to attend. Yeah, not everybody oh. got a chance to attend. So it was just it was one of those things that I could only imagine you just looking at all these messages on your what's supposed to be your day off. And mm -hmm. I remember one particular artist that you're working with like had reached out to me and he's just like, wait, hold on, what's going on? Wait, no, I I I missed this meeting. Like in a like I could hear the poor panic in this you know, in this guy's voice oh, man. and, you know, through those messages. And so that's what Jess said. It was like, yeah, we need to, we need to jump on a, on a meeting to explain everything. Cause it was like, you yeah. were off. I know one other artist was off and then another artist just happened to miss that meeting. So it was just like chaos ensued the entire day. It was crazy. Yeah. And you're right. Like, like I knew stuff like this happened. Like I've heard, you know, the shutting down of blue sky the shutting down of PDI several years ago, like, and then also like recently Boons and Curses, like right before us, Boons and Curses and a, a couple other Netflix properties got canceled. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. and the, the weirdest thing for me is that like, people have reached out to me before we got the word that like, uh, like, oh, is Wings of Fire okay? Like, oh, is Wings of Fire at risk of being canceled after kind of hearing the news of what's been happening with Netflix? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I honestly thought we were fine because like it was based on an established IP, uh, there was a fan base, and the fact that we had like a live action person attached to the project as well. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I thought like, okay, we're golden. We're we basically meet all the standards of like what every like pretty much network and per and animation studio is trying to produce at the moment. You know, something that's already established with with a live action person attached. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And I feel like that was the difficult part on everybody's end was just like. You know, we, we started seeing the num numbers dwindle and then we started seeing programs getting cut. And so on our side, we were just like kind of looking at Netflix like, are, you, are we OK? Are we good? And mm -hmm. it, it's one of those things where I'm pretty sure like they didn't have like an easy decision coming, you know, 
when they decided yeah. this. And so it, it was definitely tough because as you mentioned, like we had checkmarked everything off the list of like, you know, we have really, you know, it's a popular book series. We have the fan base. We have somebody attached to it. You know, we met all these little requirements. We're like, oh, we should be, we should be good. We're doing something awesome and mm-hmm. people are excited for it. And so when, mm-hmm. when it happened, it was just like, ah, oh, okay, well. Yeah, it's super unfortunate. I mean, I guess it just really goes to show that, like, you never know. Like, you could be doing all of the right things. And really, like, at any time, a whole studio could go down. <laughs> a whole section mm-hmm. of, of Netflix went down. And, like, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I guess the other thing that was interesting to me uh, as somebody who who wasn't on Wings of Fire or doesn't work for Warner Bros, is like the distinction between uh, Netflix as like the distributor. I don't know if like you can tell me if this is not okay to say or whatever, but like Netflix as the distributor was like we no longer want to put this on our program, but like Warner Brothers is making the cartoons, so like this is two separate companies, right? Yeah, and Warner Bros still has like uh, still has all of the production stuff and rights on wings right they just need somebody to distribute it at that point yeah i'm not really familiar with that process of the pipeline so i can't really confirm Mm -hmm. i just Mm -hmm. know it it is a thing that happens uh between uh, two studios where one studio would be like okay well we are going to produce this for you and then Mm -hmm. the other one is like okay like you know they they come to that agreement of like you know we want to work on this and we feel like you guys have the right people to do this project so Two companies can be like, okay, well, we'll produce it, and then you just gotta be the one to present it. That's how it was yeah, when on at least, yeah. And so that's mm. how it was at least for me when I was on Muppet Babies. Is like Oddbot is a is a small studio, mm-hmm. and they made a deal with you know Disney Junior to have Muppet Babies, you know, be produced by Oddbot, and then you know be distributed, you know, on Disney Plus and also the Disney Junior Channel. And then one one last thing I kind of want to say before we kind of move on is the thing that kind of amazed me the most was the fan response from the fan base when they heard the news. Yeah. And and that that made me uh, simultaneously kind of happy and sad that like sad that so many people were heartbroken, but kind of happy that so many people were like wanted to see this happen and wanted the show to like, you know, mm. continue and stuff. And yeah, it was trending on Twitter for a while. There was a petition going around to bring it back. Yeah. But yeah, on the art side, I'm happy that Warner Brothers tried to keep most of us. Like I was able to like roll on to a different production on Warner Brothers. Uh, but it's yeah, it was not it was not easy. Yeah. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that like because like, I'm glad that you're sticking around at, at Warner Brothers as well. Like again, like for me, we talked about it briefly and I remember sending you a message thanking you, you know, when the time came to an end on, on the show is that I liked the fact that I was able to work with another, uh, you know, fellow like Hispanic, another fellow Mexican on, on a production. That honestly, like, it was really, kind of cool. Yeah. That really warmed my heart when you said that, because it's one of those things where representation does matter in all sides mm-hmm. of production or in all sides of animation. For me, it was one of those things where, you know, working in like smaller jobs or whatever, like I was always surrounded by like a few people that were either Hispanic, didn't matter like if they were from Mexico, you know, from El Salvador or, you know, Nicaragua and all that stuff. Like I met all kinds of, mm-hmm. you know, people like working in my smaller jobs. And then when I transitioned mm-hmm. into animation, it was like, oh, there's 
not where are we where are we where, where are my where are my homies or my peoples because it's one of those things where like it it helps at least to me it definitely helps me like at least find some comfort knowing like oh okay there's another person here that like at least you know can relate to me and so mm-hmm. it was definitely like one of those like like i want to say like culture shocks when i went into muppet babies and you know mm-hmm. i found like one other hispanic or and another one and i was like okay cool like we have like this little niche even though we were all different parts of the production you know we were still like very <laughs> nice to each other we would talk and everything but overall the production like it, it felt like a family so that's why it wasn't like it wasn't too you know like strange for me because everyone was really really nice overall and then when i jumped on to another production it was like okay well i didn't really i don't really see that and so moving on to wings of fire and then you know i met you and i was like oh okay cool like we we do have more representation because it's like yeah you know seeing it on tv is one thing but actually having to work with another person who also shares similar backgrounds as you it, it definitely like makes it a little bit easier in terms of like you know mm-hmm. having to work and you know you know produce things because it's like again it's the whole like my background is like you know we're all about you know closeness with family you know like relationships that are built on that so seeing like at least one other person who also shares a similar background like it does bring a little bit comfort to me yeah i guess on topic of like you know background and cultural background is that uh for you how do you feel your cultural background plays a role in what you do in animation as an assistant production manager because one of the things that you kind of said that kind of spoke to me is that like depending on what it is like on the art side like to me it gives me comfort knowing that there's somebody on the opposite side of production that if i ever made like a decision or something like i have somebody that knows where i'm coming from and that could like you know be the voice on the other side to be like oh no i know where he's coming from or i know why they made that decision like trust me uh, on this yeah, no, and I definitely agree. It definitely plays a huge role in my job just because it's like I come from a background where, you know, as I mentioned, you know, we're all about closeness. We're all about, with, you know, like with our family and supporting mm-hmm. our own family. And so one of the things that my mom taught me and my grandmother taught me from an early age is, you know, like work, you know, be a hard worker. Like you got to you got to work hard in order to get what you want, especially like. You know, my family immigrated from Mexico. All of majority of my family work in agriculture. They work in the fields. And so mm-hmm. for me, seeing that and seeing what they have to go through, it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. And so I had to work really hard in order to be able to go to school, get my degree, as well as be able to also get a, a, a job within the animation industry. And as mm-hmm. I mentioned to you, like I, my family... They love me. They support me. But in the beginning, they were very concerned because it's like it's the arts. People are like, oh, mm-hmm. you can't get a degree in art. Like they, they just think like, oh, I'm just studying to be a painter. While there are people that are studying to be painters, that's not mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Don't generalize us. And mm-hmm. so that was their worry was like, well, are you even going to get a job? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm studying animation. I want to be a part of this. And they were just like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's a, they hear all kinds of stories, you know, based off the news. And so they were just mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, we would rather you be, you know, be a nurse or, you know, be, be like a, you know, medical assistant or whatever. And it, it took a lot of, you know, convincing of like, hey, this is not what I'm doing. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. 
And so being in the position that I am, it's like I I don't take it for granted. I work my butt off every day to make sure like, you know, I'm I'm here, I'm doing it like let me let me show you what I can do and bring to the table because especially if it's like a project that you're so passionate about, it's like I don't think of it as work. I think of I think of it as fun and like, oh yeah, like I'm a part of bringing this great thing out to the world. And I also want to feel, I want people to feel welcomed because it's like, I never, like I said, I never really got that support at the beginning of like, because my family was concerned, but mm-hmm. because of that, I don't want people to ever feel like, oh, they're not good enough or I don't know, maybe I shouldn't be like, I don't want them to feel that way. I'm like, no, you're part of the crew. We are working together. I want you to feel comfortable. And that's where, you know, i by building a good relationship because it's like you hear stories and so for me i never want i don't i don't ever want to put somebody in a position where they kind of feel awkward or uncomfortable around me or anything it's like no like i respect you respect me and we're gonna work together to you know bring up some cool stuff to present to the world so that's honestly that's really great i i do feel a little sad that your parents weren't supportive at first i'm glad they they're kind of getting an understanding of what you're doing and you are you were able to show them like you were able to get a career because i know that is the biggest concern because honestly working in the arts working in animation it's like oftentimes for people of color that's just like a that's like a luxury you don't see a luxury to be a career yeah and the toughest part as well it's like the reason why oftentimes they're hesitant towards you know us pursuing something like in the arts or entertainment in general is that oftentimes like you know being hispanic being mexican you're like my parents are immigrated here uh when you're when you're a child of an immigrant oftentimes they they come to this country in hopes for a better life for themselves but for an even better life for their children so oftentimes when we grow up we we have this weight on our shoulder of like i need to make the most of the opportunities that my parents were able to give me for being in this country. Mm-hmm. And if I don't become a doctor, become a lawyer, become an engineer, I'm not maximizing the opportunity that they gave me. And so that's something that I kind of carried a lot with me as a kid, trying to be a straight A student, trying to be an honor student to make mm-hmm. sure, because that's the thing my mom constantly told me growing up is like, do well in school so you can be something of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it was a pressure I, I carried with me really, really hard. And it, it wasn't until like my senior year of high school where I decided to pursue art and I didn't know if I was going to have my parents support because I didn't think it was something they would go for. Luckily, I was wrong and they did support me because they saw how hard I, I tried in school where there was like, okay, as long as you're pursuing an education. I think the other thing too is that because I was going to go to school to learn, mm-hmm. they were more supportive as well. But because I showed them how, how much hours and stuff I put in school, they were willing to support me in this pursuit. And happy that I was able to show them that I was still able to maximize the opportunity they gave me because I was still able to do something that they never had the opportunity to do. And that's basically the whole point why they came to the countries for me to maximize opportunities that they never that were never presented to them. Mm-hmm. And and I'm happy to hear that you're also, you know, in your own way, like, yeah, you're you're still making the most of the, your opportunity here, but you're doing something that you enjoy and something that we oftentimes as, you know, people of color don't get a chance to be in entertainment and we're we're doing it. Oh, yeah. And that's why like, hearing your story, it definitely brings me the nostalgia of the pressures of having to deal with, you know, your parents immigrating, your parents wanting the best life for you. And it, it takes a toll. 
it's like I had mm-hmm. to tell them like, hey, like I don't want to be a lawyer. I don't want to be, you know, a doctor or anything like that. So mm-hmm. so uh, one of the other things I kind of also want to get into is that what kind of made you decide to enter the production side of animation versus the art? Because you went you, you went to school, at, you know, uh, CSU Northridge studying animation. Did you go in with the intention of entering the art side and then shift to production or what kind of happened as you kind of went on your journey? So for me, when I went to study animation, I went in with the intentions of learning about uh, 2D animation because that was the thing that I gravitated towards the most and as well as background design. So upon going in to being a production assistant, I feel like that's where my mindset kind of like shifted was after being a, you know, PA for Muppet Babies, you know, I got to see the whole different sides of, you know, the production pipeline and, you know, having to interact Mm. with overseas and, you know, talking to EPs on other, you know, productions and getting like their input on everything. It really opened my mind to wanting to pursue production at that point, Mm. only because I, I really like the overall having to like, you know, get my hands dirty in different places and, you know, being able to like help out wherever I can. For me, that was the point where I was like, oh, I really do like being in production. Like I I love, you know, like that was like my passion for it. And so Mm -hmm. when I was working for Muppet Babies, I was very eager. I was very, you know, willing to learn all the ropes. And so they, they taught me a lot of the things that I do know today. When I jumped onto Harley, it was like, I, I went from like, you know, overall like learning everything to okay now I'm all, I'm working in just the design aspect I was in charge of background design and for me that shifted my mindset to okay well now I'm this is like my priority this is what I'm going to be working on and I got to you know interact more with the art director and that was a good experience and so for me it's like production can basically do it could take you anywhere in my opinion, mm-hmm. you you get to meet different faces, you get to interact with different people. And for me, that's what I liked the most was uh, definitely the different interactions and getting other people's perspective, especially like in terms of like projects and what you're trying to present and what you're trying to, you know, give to the vendor at the end of the day. That's amazing. I like I like that. I like that. It wasn't until you got in it where you realized, like, like you said, it opened your eyes and it opened your mind. Mm-hmm. And yeah, again, kind of harping back to what we kind of mentioned earlier in the podcast is just, I wish there was more of a focus like in school on that aspect of animation because I feel like, and also di- there's also so many different roles in a in a pipeline. Like there's an anim- animatic editor, there's you know there's retake animators, there's like, there's like you know yeah production assistants, production coordinators, there's like so many different roles that you don't really oftentimes hear about that people kind of en- enter into and like learn more about. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree. Um, especially like we have we have editors, assistant editors. I mean, I know there was like a compositing class at my uh, university where it was mm-hmm. just like, okay, you you learned a little bit about compositing, but you mm-hmm. didn't really get like the full aspects of like, well, what can you do once you're actually within that field? Like, there's all types of branches that you can expand. Which of course, I I, I understand from like the university standpoint, like not every program can afford to have all these different classes. So Mm -hmm. it definitely, if you're interested in something, definitely like do your own research, definitely and go with the like-minded people and, you know, ask for feedback, ask for advice on what you, what you should do. If there's something that you don't know, then, you know, 
Google search or if not, like when you go to any events, if you meet artists or like a particular person that works within that field that you're interested in, you know, just being respectful and nice and just ask them, hey, like, you know, I really am interested in this side of animation. Like, what can you tell me? You know, mm -hmm. I, I definitely think like that it can go a long way. Well, thank you for everything today, Jen. Where can our audience find you? And is there anything else you want to promote? Thank you. It was great being here. Love, you know, interacting with you too. You guys are doing an amazing job. Oh, thank you. In terms of like social media plugins, I mean, I do have an art page. I dabble every now and then, but social media is very hard for me. It's I'm on Instagram at studiojzp.art. I do uh, just I'm a crafter. I like to paint. I like to do uh, digital artwork as well. So I'm not really like particular focus on one range of media so mm -hmm. you can follow me on there and if you want to see some cute puppy pictures then there's my dog instagram <laughs> nami underscore un the underscore tom p-o-m you can always find her if you want to see cute little puppy pictures that's good. We'll be sure to include, include that in the description below as well. As we come to a close, what final advice would you want to give those who want to pursue a career in animation? Oh, man, it goes without saying, like, it's like the cliche of like, you know what, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. If you're really passionate <laughs> about someone, definitely, you know, go for it. Take advantage of internships if you can, if you're currently studying um, at a university or any type of program. Networking is great as well. I feel like it's always good to, you know, start having network connections. Like when, when you're doing the, especially network connections, you know, you want to build a relationship. You don't want to like just bother people that, you know, you're like, oh, please just give me work. Like, don't, don't do that. Just, you know, if you, mm -hmm. if you vibe well with that person, you know, be respectful and, you know, ask questions and people will remember you for being nice instead of remembering you as being the weirdo or the creep. So don't do that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but for sure, if, there's something that you feel like your program doesn't have the funds for or is lacking someone, definitely do your own research and reach out to people that work within that industry. So you can, you know, ask questions and, you know, get feedback and, you know, let them know like, Hey, like at this, I'm interested in this, like, what, what would you recommend? And always, always be open to learn new things. The industry changes constantly. There's programs that keep coming up that would, better tools and make the process be faster. So definitely be open to learning new programs as well. Awesome. Great advice. Thanks again, Jen. And if you audience member enjoyed our interview with Jen today, please rate and follow us on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at straightaheadap. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcasts at gmail.com. We love discovering new professionals who want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. Thanks again for listening, and thank you once again to our guest, who has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye, Bye everyone. <laughs>